This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. The Jay Severin Show. Best and brightest. You are in the right place. Excelsior. Welcome back. I am Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. You are the best and brightest in the business. We deserve each other, so far as I am concerned. I have no Twitter. It is a matter of considerable hardship and pain, as such something can ever be uh, to me, and I continue to work on it. It may come down to uh, a Genius Bar session at the Apple Store during the weekend, which nobody wants except them. But uh, I will do what is necessary. That's not a guarantee, but I will do all within my power to restore Twitter, uh, as I have been doing. But I, I will step up my efforts such as I am able and... Cannot guarantee, because there are no guarantees in life, uh, or at least very darned few. But I I will do all I can, including spending uh, more money than I had planned and going to other sources, such as I need, in order to restore Twitter. There are a lot of reasons why that's a good idea, and uh, you know most of them. The rest of them shall be revealed to you presently. Today, the Hillary Clinton campaign takes a curious step. Generally speaking, campaigns that are piloted by stupid people or campaigns that are down and see themselves absolutely losing take big chances you simply don't roll the dice in the politics business if you think you're winning or you know you're tied or you're you know you're in the race and you're confident you don't take big rolls of the dice you don't put you don't put a lot of your chips or more than necessary out on the table agreed that that's that's Political Science 101. Today it is said that Hillary Clinton, moments from now, Hillary Clinton will deliver a speech in which she equates, she openly equates Donald Trump, Donald Trump's beliefs, Donald Trump's values, 
Donald Trump's campaign and, hence, the values, beliefs of all Donald Trump supporters. Hillary Clinton is going to equate Trump and his supporters with the Ku Klux Klan. In commercials about to go on the air all over the country, and in her prepared remarks, we are told, Hillary is about to say that Trump and everyone who supports him is the equivalent of a white racist. Now, we have to wait and see what she says, although I have seen part of of the new commercials, and certainly that's what they say. Certainly that is the message of the new spots. So... Out damned spot? I don't think so. I think that Hillary Clinton is now damned with this most vile, this most vile accusation. We shall see how far she goes when the words come out of her own wedding cake hole uh, presently. As for the Clinton Foundation, it is showing up more and more in the polls. And I can tell you why. And you might say, don't don't bother, Jay. You know, I know why. But there is a little bit of a slightly technical reason why. People don't trust Hillary Clinton. The problem for those of us who don't want her as president... The problem is that people who don't trust her are still voting for her. People who believe the absolute worst, that is to say, the truth about Hillary Clinton, are deterred, not the slightest, by the fact that she is a chronic, utterly corrupt liar, a thief and a criminal. They're still voting for her. Because again, this is a reminder of the nature and magnitude of what those of us who are not with her, it gives you again a reminder of the nature and magnitude of what we're up against. We're up against people who whose mind is capable only of a kind of cartoon reckoning. And the cartoon in their mind is Hillary, a dirty pig, but the dirty pig extending a hoof with a check in it. And the check says, other people's money. It says, free stuff forever. Signed by Hillary. And the caption is Oink, 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 oink. Translated, I don't care what you think about me. I really don't care what you think about me because I certainly don't care anything about you other than the fact that you can vote legally 
or illegally, that you vote means to me you register as a human being. That's the only thing that you mean to me other than your ashes at the end of your life is that you can vote for me. And in exchange, this dirty pig will extend the cloven hoof of offer with a check that says, other people's money, free stuff. And the people receiving that check will say, okay, I'll be real careful to try and not get dirty when I take the check from the cloven hoof. But otherwise, just give me that check. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. The Jay Severin Show. I really do wish, more than usual even, to hear from you, best and brightest, here on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. As predicted, Hillary Clinton has started her speech. I have heard its opening moments. It includes these quotes, Donald Trump is trafficking in racism, he is profoundly dangerous, every time he speaks he insults blacks at every level, for instance he talks about getting shot in the inner city, whereas Trump misses the voluminous successes of the inner city, like black colleges, huh? like black churches. What? Quote, he's ignored, those, these are all quotes. Quote, he's ignored and mistreated blacks for decades end quote i break away from the verbatim read to ask you how has donald trump ignored and i mean how do you how do you prove that anyone has ignored a racial group if they've never before held office how is it that donald trump has ignored black americans but but let's move on to the claim by Clinton that Donald Trump has mistreated black Americans for decades. How? How? Donald Trump's hiring in his construction business 
His record of hiring and promotion and salaries and the number of poor minorities that have been, who have made their lives, bought a home, sent their kids to college, made a life, have a retirement fund, the number of poor minorities in America, any place that Donald Trump has touched, he has offered opportunity. Now, maybe he has not offered or promoted welfare. I invite you to join me in considering which best helps you if you're a minority American. A handout or a hand up? A check or a job? Someone else's stuff? Or a credit card based on your own credit because you have a career? Donald Trump has ignored? How? Donald Trump has mistreated? How? How? Even if these things I just mentioned weren't true, even if Donald Trump were uh, a shut-in and he, he spoke to no one and there were no pictures of him, he was a Howard Hughesian figure and no one's seen a picture of him that's more recent than 20 years old and he walks around his palace uh, in his drawers uh, saving his urine and fingernail clippings and not shaving. All of which I'm troubled to say, you know, is a profile of me, except I don't have Howard Hughes money. I do all those other things, but I don't have his money. I mean, what, seriously, Donald Trump has ignored and mistreated blacks for decades? How exactly, keeping an open mind, as much as this farce requires, how? How now, fat cow? Uh, Back to the verbatim read. When Donald Trump says, what have they, meaning uh, minority voters, what have they to lose? My answer is, says Hillary, everything! Everything! Let me see if I can get that exactly right, Hillary Clinton. Quote, Trump reinforces stereotypes, offering a dog whistle to hate groups that make up his campaign, trafficking in racism. See, yesterday I, we talked about the sort of politics, not only 101, but sort of politics zero, 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 like year zero. The first political thought man ever had. Slash an immediate impression that you form when you see that something or someone represents a political party and you say, well, that's that. I mean, I don't need to know anymore. I could never be in that party. Well, it has to do with 
to me it did early on in my life. It had to do with facts. And I see that not much has changed. When someone says, you walk down the street in Chicago, you have a pretty good chance of being shot. The average number of black babies, and by babies I mean kids under 14, the number of black babies murdered by gangbangers in Chicago averages, what is it, 20, 30, 40 a week in Chicago? All black, all black on black murders. The ones that aren't black on black are black on white. So you want you want to draw an impossible card in a scavenger hunt? Try to find a record of a white person killing a black person in Chicago. But yet Hillary Clinton can stand up there with the with the full support of the mainstream media and say, how dare Donald Trump talk about getting shot in Chicago when he ignores the great success of black churches? What? What? What would the, what would the success of black churches be? Maybe they mitigated the violence? Black-on-black violence? Would that maybe be a sign? When a church congregation in inner-city Chicago is the same congregation that lost 5 or 10 or 15 or 25 or 45 black babies that weekend to gunshots, that church is enjoying success? That defines success? Donald Trump is a racist for not defining that as success? When, when, when he talks about uh, getting shot in Chicago and he doesn't talk about the success of historically black colleges. What? I don't, you know, I don't... I suppose I've made enough enemies among those who don't agree with me and who aren't patriots, same thing. Uh, did I really just say that? Yes. Let me say it again. People who don't agree with me aren't patriotic. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you really get down to this, the success of historically black colleges? What, what, show me historically black colleges with race-blind achievement levels, race-blind achievement levels, take the top 5% of Harvard, Princeton, and Yale, then take the 5% of Howard and the two other best-known historically black colleges, there there's no there's not even a there's a there's a universe of difference between them well why shouldn't there be they have been discriminated against for 400 years i don't think they can be expected any group can be expected in a generation to replicate what yale has done so there's a reason and a reason sympathetic to minority groups 
why this mismatch occurs, but the mismatch is real. And you see the business of Democrats is pretending that what ought to be is already. What ought to be, in their minds, they pretend already is, just because it ought to be. And patriots say, what is, is. Things require change. But as for facts in life, things are what they are. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. Is the Jay Severin Show. And I am Jay Severin, but only with my partners, you, who will be the first of the best and brightest to call and set the tone today. Steer the course at 1 888 with a question, with a comment, with a criticism, with an observation, with other bol molt as you feel appropriately contributory to today's brain smorgasbord. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. The Hillary speech continues. She is th- this honest to God. This is the most extraordinary set of remarks by a mainstream so-called candidate I have ever heard. This is the most extraordinary, the most vile, the most condemnatory, the most personal, no no mainstream candidate for president of the United States in my lifetime or within the realm of my historical knowledge in American history has delivered a speech like this. Clinton is still She's what, 45 minutes into it. She is still picking out names, including um, the fellow who headed up the Brexit campaign in the UK. She's picking out Donald Duke. She's picking out every known or suspected racist or people who are who aren't who have absolutely not a shred of evidence against them to suggest that they are other than patriots or conservatives and she's going to other countries to pick out people she's actually comparing trump to vladimir putin that's when i turned it down to rejoin that's where she was Trump and Putin, she had now as bosom buddies. This is the most extraordinary indictment with the most, with the ugliest language of the ugliest sort, derivative of the ugliest topic, the third rail of American 
civics, which is race. I have never heard any mainstream candidate condemn and associate with racists, some dead, past, present, and future. Hillary Clinton is cherry-picking all of the villains of past, present, and future history and associating them with, well, no, Donald Trump with them. Not them with Donald Trump so much as Donald Trump with them. It is truly the most outrageous set of remarks I have ever heard. History is being made today. No matter what you do, uh, please, if you could find the time, look this up. Find this on YouTube uh, or Bowel Movement, which I think is the website that carries most of Hillary's remarks. It will be on the news tonight. They will cherry pick, they themselves will cherry pick the most inflammatory statements. But you really won't believe this. I I mean, it's more believable given that we live in the age of political twerking. But when you actually hear with whom and with what, Hillary Clinton is naming names and claiming that Donald Trump is one of them and that and that all of his followers are therefore racists, haters. I have never I, I, I expect I expected I expected something exceptional today. I must tell you I never expected this. Which which, in the spirit of my favorite author, Charles Dickens, and please ask me, if you've not read them all, please ask me which of his books to sample. One of the greatest services I could ever render you, and I feel this way, I honestly do, that one of the most precious things to me is when I hear from one of us and you say, you know, I, I had never seen the film In Harm's Way or The Bridges at Toko Ree or Black Hawk Down or whatever it happens to be. I had never, though I was encouraged to do so, I actually had never read Nicholas Nickleby. I had never read The Bonfires of the Vanities by Tom Wolfe or The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe. When you read a great book and to a lesser degree see a great film, it changes your life in a small but substantial way, I think. Don't you think? I mean, when I when I see or hear something that I have to close the book and say, whoa! Whoa! I mean, that's what these things are and it's my greatest honor to be able to pass along without presuming you haven't known, seen, watched, read all of these things. I don't know, but sometimes, you know, it takes someone else's insights to say, try this. Believe me, many of you have recommended movies 
and books to me which I have read and I have said, whoa, this is great stuff. Anyway, I expected a noteworthy speech today by Clinton. I never expected this. This is the most hateful. This is the most negative. This is the most ugly-spirited, vile set of remarks by a major political figure against another in modern political history. I don't know how it will be treated. I hope at least Fox will treat it correctly. The mainstream media won't. New York Times won't, other than to quote uh, Clinton and say, yeah, that's right. But trust me when I tell you that this is the most extraordinarily ugly, vile, negative remarks I have ever heard by a major political figure in our country. And so, and so, what does that mean? Well, it means at least two things. It means, number one, Hillary Clinton is the fat, communist, lying, corrupt, communist witch we have always known her to be. This, these remarks far better confirm the kind of hideously ugly human being Hillary Clinton is. But we already knew that. You know what, though? It never hurts to have something confirmed. You must hear the at least the excerpts of this speech. Unbelievable. And look, I'm not excited. As you, look, if you're a partner, you know, I'm not this excited because I'm so offended on behalf of Donald Trump. I'm offended on behalf of patriotism. I'm 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 offended on behalf of human beings, earthlings who happen to be Americans who are patriots. These things should never be said about another human being. Unless they're true. And these are not true. These are the most libelous statements ever made by an American candidate, a major American candidate by another. Ever. Okay. I flirted with this three times. I'm near the break. So let me get the point in. And maybe, maybe someone might wish to call and render an opinion or an angle at one 888 You know what? If the phones are broken, I'm ready to go 15 hours. one 888 If you're prepared to have my opinion be the exclusive opinion of this show, I'm really happy with that too. But here's where this leaves us. Why? Why did Clinton do this? Does a candidate who believes she, or in this case, he, is ahead, do this? If you believe you're winning, do you do this? 
Do you hang it all out there over the edge if you believe you're winning or if you're concerned, if you're concerned that there may be something of a silent majority out there which is telling us something different than the mainstream media polls are telling us. I will tell you right now the most single encouraging thing about the Trump campaign I have heard, ironically, in the last two months is this vile speech by Hillary Clinton today because it tells me I think she's worried. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. And partners on the Blaze Radio Network, Bootsy, Bootsy, from North Carolina. Welcome. Good to talk to you again, Jay. My pleasure, sir. Um, I could not be more descriptive than you without being obnoxious and vulgar of Miss Kankles. Um, <laughs> but the, the one thing that's bothered me, Jay, and I'm surprised at you because you haven't brought it up. Uh, because I know how thorough you are. Um, you and I, and a lot of people like us, and in that we're you know, constitutionalists, libertarians, mm-hmm. and such, um, it bothers me a lot, and I, 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 I think about it almost every day, that we live amongst people who are willing to pull the lever for this witch that like this person. As vile and disgusting as she is, these people think she's worth holding the greatest office on the planet Earth. It just blows my mind. Well, well, consider. My stated thesis as recently as today, is that this is largely, if not exclusively, attributable to the unwritten compact, you know, of liberalism and the flag that Hillary Clinton carries, which is, you don't have to like me, you can hate me. You can recognize me as a thief, a witch, a liar, a, a, a traitor, you, anything. But the fact is, what's going to influence your life most, this is her speaking to the you know voters, is whether or not you get a check next month. And with me, you know that the full-fruited support of the welfare system of the United States is going to take care of you. And I'm, I'll do that. You know I'll protect that. So it doesn't really matter what you think of me. So I'm not sure where that leaves us, Bootsy, but in some respects, we could feel a little bit that we're on our way to the gallows, so to speak, as patriots. It can make us feel slightly better that the reason they love Hillary ain't Hillary. 
that that Americans have not necessarily abandoned all of their morality, but what they have done is decided to embrace at least principally their selfishness. I, I understand that, Jay, and I, you know, I had uh, um, a, a, an argument with my best, best, best friend, and he, you know, he had the same argument that he wouldn't have been ta- so well taken care of due to his, his illness had it not been for Barack Obama's uh, uh, policies. Mm-hmm. But I, I, what I said to him was, do you really think that even, even though a, a Republican was in office, that many people like you would have been kicked to the curb just because you were ill? I mean, there would have been other programs to take care of this thing. I'm with you. We have never, we have never done or uh, proposed, we as patriots of any party, have ever proposed to let that happen. But it's a label that the Democrats and the mainstream media, and again, the sickness, the cancer, is johornalism, Bootsy. Johornalism is the eternal enemy. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Quoth Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump is a racist and everyone who supports him is a racist. Question. Is this the remark of a patriot? Is this the remark of someone who is confident that they are way ahead? Or someone who suspects they may have to roll the dice despite what the mainstream polls say? Hmm? Excelsior! Let's get something straight. I have been accused several times during my career of being a racist. Um, I expect to be so accused on future occasions because it is a card in the Democrat deck that they and only they own and get to play. And realizing as they do, uh, accurately, as they do, what power, what power it is to play this card, to call someone a racist, because you needn't be proven a racist, you just need to be called something, racist, sexist, homophobe, misogynist, you just need to be called that, then all of a sudden anyone willing to admit they listen to you or like you or know you or agree with you, that all places a tremendous burden 
I mean, I have had had people in my career who have said to me, I have listened to you and my children have listened to you. I now hear from those children. I now hear from the children of people who listened to me in New York and in Boston and on the networks. They had their children listen to me. Do you think that's typical of, I mean, it just, it's, it's an outrage. But you see, I've also had those same people say to me, I listen to you and I have had my children listen to you. We have listened together so that it would spark conversations between us there in the car and at the dinner table so we could talk about history, we could talk about politics. The greatest honor I can pretty much think of. Yet, I've had these same people say to me in these same conversations, yet, you know, I, I have my children listen to you, yet I cannot admit at work that I listen to you. When your name comes up, at work in the break room I have to stifle myself I cannot admit that I listen to you for fear of what will happen to me for fear of how I will be labeled today Hillary Clinton gave the most hateful racial speech ever given by a major political candidate in the United States of America She called Trump a bigot, a racist. She called all of his supporters racists. She went the whole full Monty. That that was it. There's nothing now left else to say about Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton has left nothing unsaid. No, No card unplayed. Nothing off the table. Donald Trump is a racist. Now, I beg you to consider along with me for a moment... Let's start at the beginning. We can do this very quickly. Contrary to the ignorance of almost everybody you and I know, we can define racism because it's not a feeling, not a feeling. It's a term with a definition. It's a thing. It's a thing with a definition. And the definition in serious dictionaries, say like the Oxford English Dictionary, racism is one of two things. The primary definition of racism is the belief, the belief that people are inferior or superior based on their race. Period. Right? Got it? Not complicated stuff. Racism is, principle definition, one, the belief that people are inferior and or superior because of their race. Definition number two, secondary definition, a policy generally employed by governments or organizations. Policies based on race. In other words, it matters even a tiny bit 
whether you admit a pupil or hire a prospective worker or admit to membership in a club, in any admissions or acceptance process, race is taken into account even 1%, even one thousandth of 1%. That meets the secondary definition of racism. That is the functional end of racism. You know what the third definition is? There isn't one! And unless you are guilty of the primary or secondary definition of racism, you are not guilty of racism. You might still indeed be guilty of bigotry. You might be you might be a bigot. You might not be a racist. You might be a bigot. A racist says, I believe people are the same no matter what their skin color or ethnicity. But I won't live next to a person of color. Or I won't live next to a white person, you know. I won't hire a black person. I won't hire a white person. That makes you a bigot. Doesn't make you a racist. You could say, no, no, I think we're equal. But uh, for my own reasons, I don't like them. I don't want to live next door to them. I'm, I'm not going to. Not because I believe they're inferior, but because I believe any number of conceivable other things or nothing. They just don't want to. You know what? That's their right. So you can be a bigot without being a racist. Then again, you could be prejudiced without being necessarily a bigot or a racist. We have all shades, pun intended, of bigotry, prejudice. Oh, you could be biased. I'm not going to hire. I have five people for the job here. And the four best qualified seem to be black, but I'm going to hire the least qualified who's white. You know why? Because my expectation and or experience with former employees is that whites do a better job for us than blacks. Now, that could be because the customers, you could own a a swimming pool company that operates in the all-white suburbs in the South. And you could say, our customers will be more likely to hire white pool attendants to come to their homes than they will black pool attendants. Now, you can call that whatever you want. These days it would be called racism. Well, that would be wrong. It's not racism unless that person uh, admits to believing that. What it would be is bias. I have a bias. I have a bias in favor of white employees for reasons, incidentally, that serve the bottom line of my business. So I'm just trying to point out that from, from time to time, I think it's helpful to point out that we are the beneficiaries of the official language of America, which is American. And that means English. And English is the finest language in the world. It is replete with the nuance and diversity, if you will, of vocabulary that enables us to express ourselves in a colorful, 
a variety of ways, one word maybe being a sibling or a cousin of another word, but not being a twin brother. Words mean what they mean and not what stupid people think they mean. However, our political process has become now denigrated to the point that it's the bottom line, it's the most common denominator, it's what stupid people think. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest, truly are we together, living together, living through and making American history. And by God, we are. Truly, truly, this is true. And I've never been so excited and honored to be here. one 888 bringing us to partners on the phone, Scott from the once golden state of California. Hey, Jay. Hey, Scott. What's up? Well, I had a, I guess I had a question for you, and it's a question that you asked before the break. Um, so I hate to punt that back to you, but you That's asked right. if, yeah, you asked if there were a silent percentage of people, or if anyone thought that there was a silent percentage of people uh, out there who wanted to or were going to vote for Trump. Well, we know there's a percentage. The question was, is it a silent majority? Right. Well, that's not identified in the polls anyway. And I know that, you know, that that used to be your, you know, forte. So I was just curious, you know, what do you think of that? Okay. Do you think it's possible? I think that... uh, I think I want to kill myself. I, 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 you know, I don't want to fall into the trap that I see happening here. You know, it's like I wake up suddenly and I poke my head out the window and I see the animals are all doing stuff. You know, these cartoons were like, there are great Gary Larson cartoons where the cows and the squirrels and then the monkeys are all talking to each other and they say, quick, here comes a human, you know, and they're all like having tea and stuff. And then they say human. And then in the next panel of the cartoon, they're all like grazing or hanging from trees, you know? All right. Well, I I feel, I know that, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, Scott, I just very, very briefly, I feel as though if I wake up really quickly and look out the window, so to speak, I see all the people who agree with me uh, and, and or the like Republicans in Washington all preparing for a defeat. But then the minute I stick my head out the window and look at them, they're all like, no, we're going to win. We're fine. And, and, and the fact is I'm starting to hear, and I'll bet you are too. A lot of us are beginning to recognize in the nature of what our allies not our enemies, our adversaries, but our allies are starting to say, 
they're starting to wander into that pathetic, that pitiable uh, desert of saying, yeah, but the polls don't really count. Yeah, but it's early. Yeah, but anything can happen. This, this is sounding to me like the Romney campaign. And, and I've been through enough of these. I can go back through the Dole campaign. I can go back to, you know, my political life started uh, in the late 70s. So I can see, I can discern a pattern here, Scott, of when you think you're losing, but you feel it's your duty to put a happy face on it, that you start to come up with these rationales for, ah, the polls, the polls suck. Who cares about the polls? They don't mean anything. Unless, of course, the polls tighten tomorrow, and then all of a sudden Fox will be reporting, polls tighten, Trump closing. And then everyone will think that they matter when they're when their guy's winning, I suppose. Yeah. yeah I just, yeah. I know I know a handful of people who I would consider maybe not staunch Democrat, who, who have certainly voted Democrat for a number of presidential elections, and, and they're voting for Trump. So um, even my wife is not a Democrat, but she, uh, I was a Trump or a, a, a Ted Cruz guy myself. Um, me too. But my wife told me this weekend that she goes, she goes, I know you don't want to vote for him, but I'm voting for Trump. And I'm, uh, well, you know, so, you know, I hear, you know, I heard today during the break, I heard today during the break an interview with a black pastor who said that he, you know, he's part of the circuit, black church circuit. He says he wears his Trump T-shirt to services and to social events. And people come up to him and say, I, I can't say this to anybody else, but I want you to know, you know, I've had it with the Democrats. So if nothing else, if only to teach them a lesson and to show them we can play the field, you know, if we want to, et cetera, et cetera. But again, if the major reliable polls mean nothing, then I'm of little use to you because I grew up studying and later crafting and using those polls in political races all over the world. And you know what? They work. The good ones are right. Good polls are right. One of the problems is we are flooded by so many shite polls, Scott, that they end up creating and crafting a reality that ain't. So that, you know, if you've got two good polls and 22 bad ones, then the bad ones... Obviously, you know, this becomes your story. Well, 22 polls say that Trump's going to lose. Well, these two, the difference is these two are the two that are right all the time. And the other 22 are the the crappy ones that are wrong. But uh, look, again, even that, I can hear in myself now, even saying that, I feel like I'm back in that echo chamber, Scott, of, you know, making excuses for my side saying, okay, I believe in the polls except when they show my guy down. And I just think at this moment, the one thing I do believe is that in this year, with these candidates, it is less predictable than any time in our lifetimes, and it is earlier than it has been in any time in our lifetimes. 
And I think almost anything can happen. But I would rather we were 10 points up. Yeah, me too, I guess. And, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, I think damned if you do, damned if you don't, I guess. But uh, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. Scott, I appreciate okay. the call, and I mean that's that's where we are right now. But we are caught, all of us. Just if we are, even if we consider ourselves fairly neutral observers, and I, I don't think there were many of those. Uh, I'm certainly not one. I don't pretend to be neutral. I think Hillary Clinton is a literally a witch. No, I really, I never before believed in witchcraft. I do now. I believe Hillary Clinton is a witch, uh, and I believe she's here to damn the United States of America. I believe she's a witch. I don't know. Maybe it makes it easier for me, uh, but I shouldn't need that because if you if you look at the other things she does and she believes, and I have studied her as few people other than perhaps Ann Coulter has in the last 30 years, the woman is a witch. And she is certainly a communist, and she is certainly a domestic enemy of the Constitution. Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Donald Trump said again today that his practice enforcement of laws pertaining to immigration, illegal immigration, will follow the existing laws of the United States of America. Now, to some citizens, that statement is all-encompassing. There it is. So what's your policy? My policy is I'll follow the law. (laughs) Okay. I understand that. Period. Can we move on now to something else? I mean, I don't need to know anything more than that unless I believe a law is wrong, in which case I will say, okay, you'll follow the law, but the law is screwed. So I'm here to protest the law and try to get the law changed. Fine. Very American. That's great. But when it comes to this, Trump believes that by saying, I'm going to follow the law, he thinks he inoculates himself from charges of racism from Hillary Clinton and the mainstream media. He's very, very and utterly wrong. Following the laws of the United States have long ceased to be an affirmative defense. Trust me, that's where he is. Rich, no, Sir Rich from White Plains. Welcome back. <laughs> Jay, are you, are you going to be able to tolerate me disagreeing with you? I think so, Your Excellency. <laughs> All right, look. I if, don't your honor, know. if your honor permits such, yes. I, I don't even know what Clinton said about Trump, and I don't have to. You, you can save your outrage, Jay, because when you've comported yourself 
in the unprecedented and disgusting way Trump has, there are no limits to what you can say about the most vile Republican candidate in history to be offended on behalf of the biggest dirtbag Republican candidate in history smacks of uh, insincerity and, and sanctimony. Uh, I believe anything anyone wants to say about Trump, whether it's true or not, no matter how ugly is, is deserved, and should be expected by Trump, who engaged in the exact same character assassination with his false claims and innuendo. He called Ted Cruz a liar repeatedly with no specificity, accused him of cheating on his wife, likened his children to monkeys, insinuated his father was associated with the Kennedy assassination, and that's just Ted Cruz. He mocked Rubio's height, Jeb Bush's energy, Carly Fiorina's face, said Ben Carson was a pathologically violent, referenced Megyn Kelly's menstrual cycle, and on and on and on. So I, I just don't, I can't see how you could be that upset. All right, fella. I'm in a. Mo- I, I sh- can't say fella to you anymore, Sir Richard. I, I, I'm going to have to mark you down. It seems to me as undecided. <laughs> I can see. I can see. I have my work cut out for me here. <laughs> well, okay. Forget any other human being but you and me. Of what is it you accuse? Me so far, my very practiced ear distills from your opening remarks that I am guilty of sanctimony and what else? Insincerity. And insincerity. All right, I'd like to respond to the insincerity. Uh, you know, you're accusing me of lying. No, it just it just sounds. It gives the appearance. I. All right, right, wait, let's not get off on a false avenue here. Of what are you accusing me, sir? Well, when you come out that hard, okay, if it were anybody else, it would be justified. The intensity, the the tenor of of, uh, your passion in which you are, um, you know, absorbing or, you know, trying to display your offense, you know, how you're offended, by Clinton's remarks, if it were anybody else, you know, remember Romney, you know, the, the dog on the roof, oh my God, yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and you know, uh, uh, Dirty Harry, you know, he, he didn't pay his taxes with, okay, I can understand, I could understand being outraged, but when it's Trump, I, I, I can't see it. All right, let me ask you a couple of questions. So, you just said that even if Hillary lied about Trump, it's okay because it's Trump. Isn't it bad if anybody lies? Isn't it bad if anybody? Isn't it bad if anybody? Isn't it bad if anybody lies about anybody? He's just as guilty. Okay, well, I, uh, I please now. You know how this works. I'm taking pains to pose my question such 
that the appropriate answers are yes or no, and I give you, I extend to you exactly the same privilege. I'll shut up whenever you want, and you ask me questions to which the appropriate answer is yes or no. So, yes or no. Is it bad when anybody accuses somebody else of being a liar? Unless they are, unless demonstrably they are? Sure. Now I get to ask you a question. Didn't sure, Trump sure. do Anytime. the same thing? Anytime. I'm sorry, what? Didn't Trump do the same thing? In what regard? It, all during the primary. I just, I just uh, you know, ran, ran you off a list of, um, you know... I see. I see what you mean. Okay, I I understand the question. Uh, Trump mischaracterized the views of his opponents. Yes. Oh, that's being that's being generous. That depiction. <laughs> well, all right. What I, I'm I, I first of all I want to clear my name because I care a lot more about me than Donald Trump. So uh, my credibility here. Uh, which you are invited to call into question and have. You've called me insincere and sanctimonious. I'll let sanctimonious go because it's being, as it is, uh, a sibling term for a blowhard uh, and, and, you know, and, pom- and pomposity. I- I'll plead guilty. Let me just pay the $2 on that one and plead guilty. But as for insincerity... You know, I take that one very seriously. I have never been insincere before this microphone. I have been wrong. (laughs) You know, God knows. I've been wrong in a lot of other things. But, Rich, I've never been intentionally, you know, knowingly insincere. Okay. Now, if you you believe otherwise, here it is. You know, here's, here's your chance to... Uh, to accuse me otherwise, but that's that's my defense, or at least that's well, my claim. That's my counterclaim. Would you agree that there is a difference between being something and giving the appearance of being something? Yes, but I don't. I can't take responsibility for what you hear. I can only take responsibility for what I say. If I say something and I mean it and I believe it. If someone listens to me and says, well, that is so stupid, he couldn't possibly believe it, and ergo, he is lying or being insincere, uh, see, I don't buy that. I can't be held responsible, Rich, in all fairness, for what people hear. I can be held responsible for what I say. Okay. I I guess I can revise it to the... And this goes back to one of the arguments we had before of perceptions and uh, the perceptions of different people and so I will I will reverse it and say you know my perception of you not what you actually are um, is you know would be insincere because of what I know about Donald in Trump in Trump's in Trump's behalf so what what the the the, the position positions I take in what you see as defense or promotion of Trump strike you that I must know better. And so I certainly, you, you can't believe I believe what I'm saying about him. Well, I, I, you should know what I know about him. You should know what kind of person he is. And I think there's a caveat there, um, 
when when you display the kind of kind of outrage you have about what Hillary said when you're dealing with Donald Trump. Anybody else, I would I would say fine. He is justifiably outraged. But when you've engaged the kind of campaigning that Trump has, he deserves anything that's said about him. Well, do you think? Do you think that? Yeah, I'm, I, again, I'm not. I could come back hard and say, okay, now you've stepped in it because no one deserves anything. Okay, should we call Trump a murderer because he deserves anything? You have to be held by your words. But I'm not going to be a jerk off. I'm just going to say, okay. But does that include Rich, Sir Rich? Does that include <laughs> Your Excellency being called a racist, which is really pretty much people in our society, as you know, can be called murderers and walk free men and have businesses and run for mayor. There's no problem if you murdered somebody. But if you're a racist, you know, then then you're doomed. Well, do, do you think unless there is fairly hard evidence to substantiate a claim of racism that Trump deserves because he's a pig in your eyes, you think he deserves any charge leveled against him, including racism, even if it's not demonstrably so? Well, when he's made not the same, but to the extent of the magnitude, similar accusations to other people, then I would say, yes, he, he, he deserves it. And I, and I right, tell so you what, if he's Jay, called someone else, and I don't know, when did he do that? Did he call... Because my instincts tell me not to concede this point automatically. What you're saying is Donald Trump has called other people racists or insinuated they are. Therefore, he deserves it if the same wrong is done to him. Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, Jay, you were just talking about and, and right. No, sorry. So, is that what you're is is that what you're saying? Not not racist. Exactly. All right. Figure no, out what you're something. saying. We'll be right back. Jay Severin. The Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. How much time have we? All right, we got about two minutes, and we're back to Sir Rich from White Plains. Sir Rich, you decide, Your Honor, how you'd like to spend it. But I must start by saying I hear that you are essentially saying, and I'm going to suspend any consideration of what you say about me. We can have that discussion next week or at another time. But you're saying that Donald Trump is such a scum bucket that. Forget defending him against anything, because whatever anybody says or does to him, he deserves it. Well, basically, yeah. When you call into question a component of a person's character, particularly a leader or a person with great responsibility, um, like you just did regarding your sincerity, which I gladly walked back, I think you do that person a great disservice, and I believe the charge of racism is congruent to that of being a liar, which Trump did to Ted Cruz repeatedly in the primary. Wait a second. So being accused of being a racist is exactly the same thing in substance 
and severity as being accused of being a liar? It's not exactly the same. It actually may be worse, Jay. Look how, when you watch people speak, politicians, everybody, they avoid calling someone a liar. They say they misspoke. They said right. they didn't get the facts straight. It is so, right. it is so touchy. It is so severe to call I, I, someone I stipulate a liar. That. Yes. Right? I stipulate that, yes. How, how, how people avoid calling somebody a liar, and Trump did it with just the such cavalierness. Can you, Rich, I, I am just surprised that you, what has distinguished you, is that your views, you remember when first we started to speak seriously, I, I mistook you with all the best intentions uh, as a litigator which I still say you are, whether or not that's what you do. And we, we, you've now said that's not what you do, but you're a natural-born litigator. I couldn't give you a higher compliment. Uh, but it is very unjurisprudential of you to say about anybody in any setting, whatever you say about him or her is fine with me, even if it's not true, because they're a bad person. So call them anything. It's fine. That's not, um, is that uh, what you really mean? Yeah, yeah. And actually, you want to know something, Jay? Um, I want to know everything. I, I hope, and I think, because I think that the incredibly bloated ego of that man deserves something to take him down. He's, he has uh, strolled through the primary throwing insults at everybody and with people trying to criticize him with legitimately and illegitimately and he has come out of it unscathed and i would really just love to see something stick to that prima donna ladies and germs as you could see we have here an illustration that knighthood is made available even to the ready Black sheep in the family, pun intended. I give you Sir Rich and us tomorrow. On the Blaze Radio Network.